And now, breaking news from migraine sufferer Whoopi Goldberg about Nurtec ODT Remegipant 75 milligrams. I got big news. Now Nurtec ODT is the first and only medication proven to treat and prevent migraines. This is big time. Don't take if allergic to Nurtec ODT. The most common side effects were nausea, stomach pain, and indigestion. For important safety information, prescribing information, and patient information, visit Nurtec.com. Ask your doctor about Nurtec today. Nurtec, baby. Hi, this is Jay Billis of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. And another edition of the ML Sports Platter. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Go ahead and download and subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeart, Amazon, you name it, and leave a five-star review uh, in full. And a a, a comment uh, with some feedback and all the rest really, really does go a long way. We are presented by Stanley Law Offices, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and our great friends at Camillus Golf Club. If you're in and around the great state of New York, central New York, etc., go play Camillus. Golfers travel, go travel and play Camillus Golf Club. Stop by afterwards for a great meal and a beer after your round. They've got awesome greens, uh, awesome views, and it's a terrific place to be. Still can get a membership for 2021 as well. Camillus Golf Club, the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. So before I bring in my man Bob Ehalt, National Horse Racing Insider to break down um, the Preakness, what we saw, um, just an awesome race and, and kind of how it sets up for the Belmont and how it sets up for the rest of the you know, horse racing season. Um, definitely want to just hit on a couple of quick topics. Number one, uh, the NHL playoffs are, are just, to me, there's nothing that matches the hockey playoffs. I mean, the passion, the intensity, the blood, sweat, tears, and guts, uh, you know, with fans back in the arena now, I know they're, it's not full capacity, but man, it's, 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 it's full enough and it's lively, uh, not quite to the top, but man, you know, compared to you know, that silly bubble last year, goodness, the NHL playoffs are, are are just really, really, I mean, they're back, you know? We just need that last, I don't know, four, five, six thousand fans in the building. I don't know what, you know, capacity is for, you know, for a lot of these stadiums, for a lot of these arenas, but, man, I, I think it's 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 pretty darn great uh, to have a lot of fans back and to have the cheering, and, you know, I, I was glued, absolutely glued to my television uh, for the NHL play for the Stanley Cup playoffs all Sunday, three of the games went to overtime. As you were, as you hear this uh, podcast uh, on a Thursday, uh, obviously it'll be just a few days ago, and we'll we'll have seen many more games, and these series will start to take shape by the time you hear this. But you know, it just it got off and running with some great stuff. Um, you know, three overtime games. Um, you know, the Islanders beat the Pens in OT. The Wild took care of business in OT against the Knights. The Lightning beat the Panthers in probably the best game of all of them. The Flames were up big, let the Canucks back, and then beat them in OT. And there were just crazy goals, amazing breakaways, uh, uh, tip-ins, great saves. 
back and forths. Uh, uh, you know, your, your, your superstars came to play. Kyle Palmieri, I think, could be, and he proved it in game one. Kyle Palmieri could be a big difference maker for the Islanders. Remember, he came over with uh, in that deal with New Jersey, and, you know, he was probably the one guy, you know, Devils fans were like, just don't trade him to the Islanders, right? Like, just don't trade him there. And sure enough, you know, that's exactly what happened. And I remember Paul Mary um, playing for the Syracuse Crunch. And I watched his games every single night. I was working at the time for the Crunch. And, you know, when they were an Anaheim affiliate and or covering them, um, you know, as a working member for the, as, you know, for the media. And there was a time when Bryce Harper and Kyle Palmieri and Steven Strasburg and all these guys were coming through, um, you know, Syracuse. And I said to myself, man, Kyle Palmieri might be the best athlete in Central New York. That includes Syracuse basketball. That includes Syracuse football. Uh, you know, again, some, some were in season, some were off season, but, um, Really, really, really great, great player and is a guy who, you know, look, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but he's still young enough and he's just been a really, really good, he's 30 years old, he's still got, you know, another solid, gosh, probably six, seven, eight years to play, keeps himself in unbelievable shape, work ethic is incredible, but he could be the big difference maker for this Islander group. Um, I think the Islanders are a really good team. And I've heard many people pick the Islanders over the Penguins. Um, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Islanders won this series. I, I really wouldn't be. Um, you know, you've got big-time players, speed, major major uh, goaltending uh, by Sorokin in, in that game one. Uh, y- the Islanders are a scary bunch. They're a lunch bucket group that just goes out and outworks you and outskates you. They remind me a lot of the old, you know, Hashik Sabers, uh, where they can get major goaltending from Sorokin. And, and um, although I think this team can score <laughs> probably better than many of those clubs, although you know that couple of those teams went pretty far in the postseason. Obviously, they lost in the East Finals in '98, and then the Stanley Cup Finals in 1999. Um, but. Uh, you know, this Islander team can win the low-scoring affair, and they certainly can win a little bit of a high-scoring uh, uh, contest. And, um, you know, they did that in Game 1. And, and again, I'm not going to be surprised if they win this series. I mean, look at Eberle, you look at Bailey, you look at Palmieri. Um, they have a very good, solid, disciplined uh, a nucleus of, um, of, of defensemen. And I mentioned Stroke, and I mean, this is a really good hockey team. And I know the Penguins are a lot more, you know, Getzel, Crosby, they pick up Jeff Carter. Uh, you know, they're more superstar laden. But the Islanders can win this series with speed and, and outworking them. They really could. It's going to be a great series right to the end. Uh, I think all these series are going to be amazing, you know. Um, you know, you've got the Wild and, and, and the Golden Knights. Um, I think the Golden Knights were going into the postseason uh, as honestly one of the top two or three teams in the entire NHL. I, I would have put them in Colorado probably, you know, right at the top of the Wild gave it to them. In overtime, Vegas just couldn't get one past. Um, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, if the Wild can hang in there. The Wild were one of the best teams going in as well. Um, that series, ah, boy, you know, any of these go seven, I'm not going to be surprised. 
what what can you say about Florida and Tampa, right? I mean, Florida is a really good team. Barkov really deserves a lot more uh, a lot more credit, a lot more accolades in terms of how good this guy is. He's a 25-year-old center, 6'3", 215. Again, he goes along with the prototype of McDavid and Eichel and Matthews and Pasternak and Patrick Liney, right, and Dreisaitl. And, and all these guys, all these young, fast, big, skilled players <clears throat> who are some of the best players, you know, in the NHL, uh, and he's, he's unstoppable on the ice. I mean, he really is. Um, he's an unbelievable passer. Uh, he can dart up the ice uh, on his own and, and, and get, the, get the pass. He, he, he controls and patrols the, uh, the middle of the ice in terms of the, play, uh, in terms of the power play. Um, he sets people up beautifully. Uh, odd man rushes and all the rest. <clears throat> he's really he's a great finisher. He's really one of the truly terrific great players in the NHL right now. Um, but the Lightning keep answering. You know, it's like the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you said, "Oh my gosh, all the stars on the Lightning," you start listing them. You start for you you you, you keep going, you keep going, and then all of a sudden you forget a guy or two, right? You just you just do because they have so many guys. And now Nikita Kucherov is back, a guy who missed the entire regular season, and. He scores twice in, 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 in game one against Florida. He is in the ultimate, probably him, Ovechkin. Um, Crosby still gets it done, but man, the top echelon players in the NHL on the power play. Kucherov is one of those guys. His, his finish to a one-timer is one of the sickest things you'll watch in the NHL. They hit you with Kucherov. They hit you with Stamkos. They hit you with Braden Point, who scored two in game one, by the way. They hit you with Tyler Johnson. They hit you with Matthew Joseph and Sorelli. I mean, they hit you with player after player after player after player. And just do not, please do not, if you're the opposition, give this team, you know, a power play. Because, you know, when I just mentioned all those guys quickly, didn't mention Palat, Kalorn, the veteran Maroon, right? I mean, who, who won two Stanley Cups in a row, right? I mean, he won one with Tampa last year, and then he won one the year before with St. Louis. Uh, their defense is phenomenal. Victor Hedman's been the best defenseman for the last few years, hands down, in the NHL. They move the puck so fast from the back end up to the top, and if the defensemen don't have the puck, the offensive guys take care of it, and the defensemen rush the play late, and they can still finish. Their defensemen play like forwards, and their forwards can play like defensemen. That's how ridiculous this team is. They're so versatile. They're so at it. Uh, they're so up and down. They're so good. Ryan McDonough, you've got Savard and Hedman and Sarenek uh, and, uh, uh, and Sergachev. You know, the Lightning, I mean, they. I think they had the look for quite a while of, of getting into the playoffs and, and being a, you know, a, a repeat champ here. You know, we haven't had one in, in, you know, in quite a while here. And this Lightning team, again, I've loved to watch them play. Um, obviously a little bit close to home for me because, you know, a lot of the players who came through Syracuse, um, you know, are playing for Tampa Bay. I mean, a host of them, well over half the roster. Um, and they're just exciting, man. And, and like I said, when you, when you list players and you go, Kucherov, Palat, Stamkos, right? Like Coleman, Point. Man, they're really good. And you, uh, 
oops, did I forget? Oh, I forgot Joseph. I forgot Johnson. I forgot, you know, Yanni Gord, you know, all these guys. Braden Point, by the way, I think is a top 10 player in the NHL. He might be a top five player in terms of clutch genes. Uh, you look at what he did last year in the cup run, scoring pretty much every single big goal you could find, and then off and running here as well um, with this Lightning group. So, um, you know, in, in, in the 2021 Stanley Cup final. So just just an outstanding, outstanding uh, uh, job here by, by the NHL uh, getting it going. The playoff games have been spectacular. Um, the, the intensity, the blood, sweat, tears, and guts. I, I, I just think, you know, again, I think the NBA, I haven't watched any NBA all year. I'm not sure what I'm going to do in the postseason because of the woke, cancel culture, bullcrap, LeBron, China, all that stuff roped into one. I don't know if I'm even going to entertain it. I do want to flip on and see some Steph Curry because I love me some Steph Curry. I don't know how much of the NBA playoffs I will get into. Certainly, if, if, uh, it's a crazy great matchup in the finals. I may tune in here and there. I, I don't know. I just, the league has just been so sour to me. Uh, they've offended me and offended many others with their political stances, their social crap, the inconsistencies of everything, uh, the BLM movement, which is utter horse crap uh, in the way they, they promote it and talk about it. They don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, they want to, you know, continue to, fight that uh, and, and, and have that be, you know, one of the big uh, selling points and branding points of the league. But yet, do you also realize that BLM promotes split homes and it promotes bad things? And the BLM movement has actually caused more violence than before we even knew what the hell it was. Uh, and I understand it was created from George Floyd, and I understand it was created from a lot of the other things that have gone on. The Jacob Blake thing was not the same thing as the George Floyd thing. Um, but the NBA players, LeBron and his cronies, they continue to make everything about you know the same exact thing. Every single thing that happens with the police, it's all the same. Every single situation is the same. It's like trying to slice a pizza in New York City, Chicago, Syracuse, uh, uh, Philadelphia, Jersey, uh, and 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 Wisconsin, and saying, well, they all taste the same. No, no, they don't. They don't taste the same. So I don't know what I'm going to watch with the NBA thing. Postseasons are amazing across the board, right? Collegiate, pro. I mean, we love March Madness. We love the baseball postseason. Uh, I, I love. Obviously, the NFL is amazing, but there's something about the NHL for me that puts it above all of them with with just the intensity, the excitement, the amazement, the blood, sweat, tears, guts. You name it, uh, is just really, 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 really great stuff. Really, really great stuff. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us. That's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle. And we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. 
UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit UMGC.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. <gasps> She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshalls. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, wanted to spend a few minutes before I bring Bob Ehalt in, uh, dedicating this podcast and, um, you know, some thoughts here. Uh, to just a, a great man, um, a guy who recently passed away at the age of 88, who was a pillar in the central New York community. Um, he was my family doctor forever. Um, and that's Dr. Ronald Doherty, uh, who passed away. Uh, his obit is obviously, uh, you know, all over. There was a great article on Syracuse.com written about him. Uh, his obit is, you can find at MauerFuneralHome.com. And, you know, just some thoughts about, about Doc uh, Doherty, a, a guy who was so instrumental in the practicing of medicine and a guy who did so many unbelievable things, you know, for drug addicts. Um, he would get calls at 2, 3 in the morning um, and, and need, you know, someone would need help. You know, there's there's a heroin addict, there's a this addict, there's somebody who's on the he's on the brink, she's on the brink, whatever the case. Be. And he would drop everything and go pull an all nighter, uh, and 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 help people. Uh, he was a member of more medical boards and 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 drug abuse boards and councils. I mean, from the New York State Advisory Council on Drug Abuse, the Medical Society of State of uh, the Medical Society of the State of New York chairman. Committee on Drug Abuse, uh, American Academy of Family Physicians. Uh, I mean, it's on and on and on. In his obit, it's listed and list. I mean, the accomplishments, it's unbelievable. I mean, he received Distinguished Service Award from the Onondaga County Medical Society, the Brady Award, recognized by um, uh, the Diocese of Syracuse, uh, the Diocese of Syracuse for his work at St. Mary's, uh, the Catholic Standard. Uh, as an outstanding alumnus in the field of science and medicine from the nation's Jesuit colleges and universities. I mean, the stuff he accomplished, it's unbelievable. Onondaga Council on Alcoholism and Addiction, Award of Excellence, Pride Program Services and Support, Recovering Community. He touched so many people. Um, 
you know, he, he born and bred, central New Yorker, uh, uh, you know, born in the city of Syracuse, graduated from Lemoyne, received his MD degree from Upstate Medical, and interned at St. Joe's, received a surgical residency at Upstate Medical Center in 1958. By the way, he served in the U.S. Army uh, as a medical reserve, obtaining the rank of captain. I mean, you want to talk about accomplishment, you want to talk about resume, you want to talk about caring for others, you want to talk about dedication, you want to talk about perfection in his craft, you want to talk about creativity. I mean, he was a pillar in our community, a huge, huge uh, staple influence. Um, and I'll tell you just a couple of quick little things to end here, because uh, I really wanted to do something and say something about Doc uh, in this podcast. Um, used to do this kind of stuff all the time on the radio, uh, as far as, you know, dedicated, you know, dedicating shows to people. Um, when I was really, really little, and I don't know, maybe I was I don't know, three or four ish. I, I couldn't have been, couldn't have been any, any more than four or five. I, I, I don't think I was at home and I lived right near Dr. Doherty's, you know, office. I mean, we would go there as little kids, you know, and that was another thing he made going to the doctor fun. You know, a lot of kids are scared going and he made it fun. You know, you walked in and you saw, you know, the stuffed fish and he would talk to you and play games with you and, uh, you know, sing to you and, and different things and make you just feel like you were actually at like a, a playground instead of the doctor's office. You know, he had that way about him and his complete staff was like that too. Um, but I was jumping around in my bedroom at home as a little tyke and I tripped. I was in my underpants and I had my my shorts down to my ankles and I was just jumping around being a derelict and I tripped and I slashed my ear on my bedpost. And of course, you know, my parents were worried, freaking out. My mom called them immediately. It was like, Ron, Mike has just, he's bleeding all over the place. He split his ear and he, he said, bring him right down, you know, calm my mom to a degree that I guess you could call it calming her. Right. Uh, and we went right in there. I don't remember it second for second because I was so little. Um, but, you know, I, I remember many times going there uh, in, 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 my, in my childhood, in my early adult life, um, you know, through grade school, high school, just an unbelievable human being. And he stitched me right up. It was late at night, too. You know, it was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I don't know what I was doing. I probably wouldn't go to bed. So I was just hopping around being a, being a prick. And, uh, you know, and, and, but I, and I fall and watch him and I, you know, slashed it. So he went and whip, 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 and just, you know, whipped that ear right back into shape and just gave me those stitches right. And I still have a little bit of a mark from, from that, uh, from that injury and those stitches. And, um, you know what I can do though? I can look at that, at that, at, at, you know, at the stitches right there and I can, I can see that little mark, right? And I can say that Doc Doherty did that. He fixed me up. So, uh, condolences to everybody. Uh, Ronald Doherty was just an unbelievable guy. Uh, 1932 to 2021, again, his obit on MauerFuneralHome.com and the great article with his practices and all the rest on Syracuse.com. Terrific stuff. Condolences to all. And, uh, thanks doc for, you know, everything that you did for each and every one of us. The ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great friends at Bryant and Stratton College and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Let's bring him in, national horse racing writer and insider, 
Uh, Bob E. Halt. You can get him on Twitter at Bob E. Halt, sports and turf writer, New York based correspondent for Blood Horse, founder of New York Hot List Handicapping Service. Go visit him online at bloodhorse.com and again on Twitter at Bob E. Halt. Bobby, welcome back. Long time, uh, no time here, pal. How are you? Oh, always a pleasure to ch- chat with you, Mike. So let's get into uh, the Preakness here. Uh, wh- what a great run it was for Rombauer, right? At 11 to 1. I mean, he kind of blew by the favorites down that stretch run. He was really the only one who had that major finishing feel. What did you see out of that horse from beginning to end and especially at the end? Well, he certainly, he got a really nice trip, uh, good ride by uh, Flavian Pratt. And certainly, yes, as you say, he was the only horse doing any kind of running in the stretch. Uh, much the best, no doubt about that. He was the best horse on this day. Uh, he got helped by, uh, by a pretty, you know, quick pace that it did help him. But uh, certainly, uh, uh, you have to you have to tip your hat to him that uh, a, he won very impressively. You kind of wonder maybe would that have been the kind of run that could have won the Derby? Mm-hmm. They were talking about running there, but uh, certainly. The, I think the combination of how good he read and for some of the others coming back uh, from the Derby, the top, the second and third place horses, Medina Spirit and Midnight Bourbon coming back from the Derby on two weeks. I, I think everything fell into place for him perfectly. No doubt. Um, what what What's next for this horse right off to the Belmont? Pretty much. I think it's going to be the Belmont. The owner uh, believes this horse has a future on grass and, and it will be interesting if he does. Of course, if he wins the Bell Bond, he's going to be a dirt horse uh, where they'll probably look to races like the Travers uh, um, to kind of cement uh, the three-year-old championship. Uh, but say if things don't go as well at Belmont Park as they did at Pimlico, uh, the owner's intrigued by his uh, grass potential. And Naira has what they call a turf triple or they call it a turf trinity of three billion dollar turf races and uh you might see him in one of those if uh, if they feel uh like i say if he doesn't run uh, to expectations at the bell hunt so medina spirit obviously with with the the controversy um and and bob baffert uh we're still waiting right to see what's going to happen here I, I mean the the kentucky derby win is still uh right now in 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 question um if they get a, a, a split sample, right, they're they're going to strip them. Pretty much so. There, yes, unless yeah, if the split sample comes back uh, positive, uh, he will be stripped unless there's some kind of extraordinary circumstance with contamination and things like that. I mean, I would think the split sample would force the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission to. Uh, have him uh, vacate the victory, and then you'll see a legal battle that uh, could conceivably take several years if uh, if the uh, Baffert and uh, Abir Zadar, the owner, decide to put up that kind of legal fight, hoping Bob, that they can get a contamination or something like that to yeah. overturn. Yeah, Bob E. Halt with us, of course, a National Horse Racing Insider and uh, writer, bloodhorse.com. Go get him on Twitter as well, at Bob E. Halt. When it all went down, when we found out about Medina Spirit after the Derby, what, what what went through your head? What did you think? And then Baffert obviously addressed the media a couple times and talked, you know, on both sides of his mouth. What, what was your reaction as that was going on post Derby? 
Well, it was a pretty shocking uh, Sunday morning uh, when it when the announcement came. I was uh, it came out of Kentucky. I was home here in Connecticut. Uh, you're reading about it, and you're just saying, "No, I don't, this isn't possible." Right. Bob is saying, "I didn't administer the horse with anything," and, and so you, you really don't know what to think. And, and I mean, it is in this sport; it is easy to to get some readings. Uh, that will cause these things. I mean, I, I you know, in, in a previous instance, there was a uh, there was a positive link to lidocaine, and it turns out that Bob's assistant was using for a back problem lidocaine. So, you basically maybe you could say something was sloppy, but you didn't think that there was an intentional injection or something like that because some of these drugs just don't have a great impact on changing a horse. Uh, horse's uh, ability. Uh, with this one, uh, certainly you came out and Bob was adamant that he didn't treat the horse. Uh, so you sort of wondered what was going on. And then uh, kind of, now then the story just starts changing where you hear, uh, you know, I, I thought you're bringing up uh, talking about what could be urine and hay. And then when he announced on Tuesday that he had treated the horse with a topical drug that had the bad substance, right. it was like, wow, what? okay, now come on, what's going on? It reminded me of Ryan Braun. You yeah. know, remember that? Yeah. I, I, I never took, oh, well, somebody else put him in there for me, you know, but my, my male guys did it. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the point. So, I mean, even if you're saying to me, uh, if you're saying, well, this is where the drug came from, well, it's almost like an admission that the 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 positive is real because you put a substance in that you probably should come so close to the race. And when you look at it, if you look at pictures of the horse, uh, he was treated for a significant, they said he was treated for a significant time with the drug. It didn't work. And, you know, if you talk to some other horsemen, they'll say, well, I might've tried it for two or three days. And if it didn't work, you would stop. Uh, so why he kept using it and using it, uh, there was just, the uh, it's just total chaos because I, I think there there is the heavy the heavy consensus is that this horse is going to be disqualified at some point, and then uh, if he won the Preakness, if you get an injunction, it stands, and then you go to the Belmont Stakes with a chance for a triple crown that could ultimately be stripped. So it certainly put a big cloud over the Preakness, and I, I do think there were certain uh, a lot of quarters where uh, there was signs of relief that Medina Spirit did lose because at least now the controversy is centered on one race as opposed to a whole series. Okay, so with uh, with this Preakness, with with Rombauer taking it, obviously we've gotten, we've covered Medina Spirit, what could happen here in the near future as we record this. Go around a little bit some of the other horses. Did anything stand out either in a positive or negative way, you know, Concert Tour, Midnight Bourbon, uh, some of these others uh, th that were in the race. Did anything stand out positively or negatively, surprises in between? What What did you see from the rest of the field? Well, I, you know, I, I think you do have to tip your hat to Medina Spirit. He ran a good race. He, he did. Had, yeah. Midnight Bourbon ran some good races. Uh, they said, they, you know, they Midnight Bourbon made Medina Spirit work. And uh, I, I, I think they, they turned it a heck of a good race. I'm not sure if they're mile and a quarter horses, maybe Bedita Spirit having a little more. And, uh, they said he's lighter framed 
and maybe he couldn't handle the two weeks as much as uh, other horses. But I think they're going to be good horses at races like the Haskell and such like that. Then, um, you know, we're going to see from the Belmont, maybe we get back essential quality to be favorite in the Derby. And then the uh, um, some of the others you will see about maybe like Known Agenda, uh, who I think had a trouble trip in the Derby for Todd uh, Fletcher. Rocky World, he had a trouble trip in the Derby. And, we, you know, when those horses uh, start coming back, you know, run in the Belmont and maybe the Philly, there's a Philly Malathat who won the Kentucky Oaks. We'll see where she stands with everything. So I think, uh, you know, those are kind of going to be some of the main horses to watch um, as the year goes on. And obviously, as it develops, we got a lot coming up. You know, we've got Saratoga, we got the Haskell, uh, you know, so many awesome things. And, you know, Bob, we're all we're all pumped up because every day we're getting closer to where we were before Corona hit and horse racing. You know, man, last year it was a, a flipped calendar. Still got the races in. Still happy about that, but it was still weird. It was still off. I'm sure you would agree with that. Covering the sport the way you do, but this year the roar of the crowd. You know, when they're coming down that home stretch and, and the packed houses at Saratoga and. And the music and the sunshine and, and, and the races. and it, 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 You know, being back is going to be unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a, a lot of excitement at Saratoga this year. I mean, I think they're hoping they can get at least about 15,000 fans. They had 10,000 at Pimlico uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday. And, you know, it really, it was fine. It felt comfortable. Uh, you know, these are facilities that can hold 50,000. So when you're only putting in like 10,000, 15,000, maybe even 20, you know, they're only half full. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, room for everybody. Uh, and I think, you know, as I say, hopefully we're not too long before we can go back to uh, everybody can sit next to each other and we get uh, back to the 50,000 cap at Saratoga. So this Rambauer horse, do, do, you, do you see this horse running as, as much? I know it's kind of hard before the Belmont to predict it, but looking deeper into the year, do you think that this horse... Uh, runs in, in, in the majority of these stakes races here, Bob? You know, I, again, I think it's going to be hard to say. His owner, uh, the best way I think I could put it is he's very pragmatic. I mean, they only have like two horses, two or three horses. I mean, um, they're not, they're not one, shall we say, one of these big uh, outfits. So if he, you know, everything went well for him in the Preakness. Now, he's going to be the one coming back on the short rest of the Belmont um, he is. So is he going to be able to win the Belmont? And if he finishes, say, fifth or sixth, uh, again, I think it gives the owner the ammunition he needs to tell the trader, well, look, there's this million dollar Saratoga Derby, uh, I think, did the uh, uh, early weeks of August at Saratoga. I want to run there as opposed to the Travers. Right. Uh, you know, we don't know. It, a lot's going to be there. Now, certainly, I think winning one leg of the Triple, triple Crown puts you in the picture for a three-year-old champion. And it's going to be, do they decide to chase that and stay on the turf and then say, well, look, maybe when he's four, we'll go on the turf. Or does the owner just say, look, I want to try, you know, maybe the fact that in a year where if he wins a grade one uh, or a major turf race, wins the Preakness, uh, that he could pull out a championship. It's it's really hard to tell with this horse. But I, I would tend to think... Uh, his schedule would probably be the Belmont point to the Travers more so than the Haskell. He doesn't look like a Haskell speed type horse. 
and then kind of you go from there. You, you see what race do you want to put you to get you ready for the Breeders' Cup. A couple more quick questions for Bob Ehalt, the sensational horse racing insider and writer, bloodhorse.com on Twitter, at Bob Ehalt. Um, Bob, I just want to touch on a few just general topics inside the sport here. You know, jockeys, getting into some of these jockeys, they, they obviously amaze me at, at all ages, but the rise of the Ortiz brothers, when did they really, do you think, or kind of arrive on the scene here? And I, I've been told by multiple people, Todd Height has told me this, he thinks Ired Ortiz is the best jockey in the sport right now. What about those two, you know, coming on the scene? And, man, the recent success of Irad has been unbelievable. Well, I mean, you know, Irad, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't get an exact date, but they've been around for several years. I mean, uh, Irad and uh, I think his brother started winning uh, Eclipse Awards around in 2018. So they have been, uh, they have been uh, just dominant in New York, which shows at a young age of just how good they are. And, and you know, they were kind of, uh, they were kind of working a lot with Chad Brown. Now they're extending. They were, you know, you'll see them with Todd Fletcher. You'll see people, you know, you saw Irad was on writing for Steve uh, Asmussen and Midnight Bourbon. There's all these type of things. They, they certainly are young talents uh, who are gonna who are gonna dominate. They're gonna dominate the game for a long time. When you realize that, you know, they're, they're still in their twenties. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, when when you look at the um when you look at the, the overall sport right now, is it, is it healthy? Is it in a good spot? I know the post-derby thing with Baffert and Medina Spirit didn't help, uh, but, but is the sport healthy, you know, right now, Bob? I, I think it is. I mean, I've been hearing for the last, I've been following the game since 1971, and so for the last uh, 50 years I've been hearing about the, the sport is in trouble. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it, look, it's never going to be the NFL. I mean, let, let's face it, except for maybe one day, Kentucky Derby Day, it's going to have a lot of people across the country watching it. Uh, but it's going to survive. It's going to survive in a different mode now. As, as shown, uh, the Preakness set an all-time wagering record, Preakness Day at Pimlico, and there were only 10,000 people. Now, in the past, you generally needed a crowd of like 150,000 on hand to set records. People are now wagering from home. They're betting from their phones. They're seeing that it's a way of people love to gamble. No matter what people say, gambling is at the root of all sports popularity. Uh, and when the fact that people are seeing now that they could just bet through their phone, watch the races on their phone, or watch these channels like Naira does a great TV sports too, um, I, I think it's I think it's in good shape. It needs to clean some things up. These drug these drug issues create a problem. You've got to clean it up, but they did pass the Horse Racing Integrity Act that within a year, about a year, we'll be, we'll be seeing the impact of that, and I think that will help on that front. Final one for you. Horse racing on turf, on dirt, do, do, you, do you prefer one over the other? Similarities, differences in, in, terms, of, um, in terms of those two, Bob? Well, I, I kind of say, I mean, it just depends. Uh, um, dirt is dirt is still in the United States. The major races are on dirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Triple Crown, the Haskell, the Travers, the Whitney, the Jockey Club, Club they're all still, we, our major horses are dirt stars. So I enjoy that. Uh, from a handicapping standpoint, I like the, I like the dirt because it's a lot, you know, there's not as many variables. Turf racing, I kind of enjoy when I want to chase a price because, you know, sometimes on the turf, 
Uh, you're very reliant on the bloodlines. Does a horse like turf when the first time it tries it? You know, you could gamble on that. And then trip. Uh, there's a lot of bad trips in turf races because, you know, you have a tighter turns, 12-horse fields. A lot can happen. Uh, you, usually, if I wheel a race, like, you know, means I'm betting like one horse with everybody else, the times I wheel is on the turf because you just don't know what's going to happen. With the dirt, you have a l- little bit more of, uh, of an idea of how the horses ran last time will impact how they run this time. Bob Hall on Twitter, at Bob Hall, the sensational sports and turf writer, New York-based correspondent for Blood Horse. Get him at bloodhorse.com, founder of New York Hot List Handicapping Service as well. Bob, it's so awesome to catch up with you again, my man. Hopefully I'll see you down the line here uh, this year, and, and if not this year, then uh, than very soon here at a track near you, probably Saratoga, considering yeah. our geographic locations. That's where we met the first time, I believe, yes. when Pharaoh was there, uh, which was really cool. So uh, really great yeah. to have you on again. Kay, keep up the awesome work, man. The site looks great. Thanks, Mike. Same to you. Keep doing your great job. And uh, say maybe I'll see you up at the spa. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by your great friend Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning today with Brian. Go with him. We did. Super pumped up about our future. Whether you're sending a youngster to school or you're retiring, whatever the case may be, you got to have those finances set and ready to go. Brian Conboy, Mass Mutual New York State, the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and at advisors.com massmutual.com that's advisors.massmutual.com and a big tip of the cap thank you as well to Rosie's Corner Sit Means Sit Syracuse CNY Electrical and our good good pals over at Welch and Company Jewelers engagement rings wedding rings bracelets necklaces you name it go ahead and log on to welchjewelers.com shop the showcase ask an expert all you need in jewelry is right there the best around. Welch and Company Jewelers, the official jewelry shop of the ML Sports Platter. Shop online, shop the showcase, welchjewelers.com. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review for the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms where you get your podcasts. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Thanks again to Bob Ehall for joining and talking Preakness and the sport of horse racing, one of the best in the business. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. 
We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle. And we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at Home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at Home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable law. See dealer for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.